we oftentimes see things, the products, homes, cars, uh, things of physical possession that we develop an interest for or a desire for. We begin to research that thing uh, and begin to like it even more. But oftentimes we realize, we recognize, and we pay observation to the fact that we probably don't need the thing that we desire. Uh, but as we research it more and more, sometimes our mind begins to change because as we're reading the description of the item, we realize that it comes with a guarantee. Uh, and so because it comes with a money-back guarantee, sometimes we will go ahead and get the thing that we really don't need because we know that if we're not satisfied with it, we can always take it back. Okay, so y'all shop at Walmart too. Uh, you can always take it, take it back. Uh, the problem is, is that we look at the picture of the product and we want the picture, we want the picture, but oftentimes we don't take the time to invest in the picture until we see the promise. Oh, y'all just missed it. We don't take the time, we don't really want the picture until we see, or we're not sold uh, directly on the picture until we see the promise that comes with the picture. Uh, but oftentimes we fall in love with the picture and the promise, but we don't want the process. I think y'all said we under construction. Uh, this morning, I want to deposit into your spirit under the sermonic theme, I'm missing a few screws. <laughs> I'm missing, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm missing a few screws. Now, neighbor, turn back to him and say, I knew it was something wrong with you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm missing, I'm missing a, a few screws. Uh, in, in, in Matthew chapter 26, I'm missing a few screws. In Matthew chapter 26, the Bible, in this particular pericope, uh, we see that Jesus is getting ready to, he's making preparation for uh, his, his, uh, his final hour here uh, on, on earth, and he's getting ready to, uh, to go to the cross. Uh, he's preparing his disciples for what is to come. There's a man by the name of Peter, which we all know uh, that was one of Jesus' friends. He was one of the first to be called by Jesus. He was one of the ones to follow Jesus. He's done many great things. And even I suggest to you that uh, we, we, we recognize Peter for some of the most powerful things that we've ever seen a man do other than Christ himself. Uh, example, walking on the water. Amen. Uh, we remember he walked on the water, but one of the most significant things is that Jesus gave him a promise because of the picture that Jesus forecasted in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, round about verse number 14, 15, somewhere along in there, uh, Jesus came up on the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Uh, then Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, blessed are thou Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Then he said, and I say also unto Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon 
upon this rock, I will build my church, the promise, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. In verse 19, and I say also that I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatsoever thy bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thy shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You can't be a member of the church of Christ and you don't know what I'm talking about right now. Uh, I will build my church. And so Jesus gave the picture and the promise, but Peter didn't understand the process. Uh, and so I want to suggest to you that oftentimes when we, we understand that we're trying to go somewhere, we, we have a, a plan or we have an aspiration uh, to get something and get somewhere, but we don't really stick to it once the process begins. We want the promise with no process. But there's no process until there's progress. There's no process until there's progress. It's almost like having a, having a dream or having a goal or, or having a dream with no plan and it's only a wish. Because we're not doing anything or empowering ourselves to get to the place in which we aspire to be. And so, and so understanding the fact that uh, Jesus used Peter, gave Peter the authority to do great things for his sake. Peter had to go through some things in order for God to be able to really use him. I need to suggest to you, children of God, that some of you sitting here right now under the sound of my voice are going through some things. And you may not understand why, but I need to tell you today and encourage you, beloved, it's because you're under construction. Uh, I, I, I know, especially my, my brethren in here, sometimes we might go to uh, Target or Walmart or somewhere, Ikea or somewhere, we, we might buy something like a desk. Uh, anybody ever bought a desk? Uh, it doesn't come assembled, right? Uh, so you take the desk out the pack. You take it out the box and, and, and out with the box and all the styrofoam comes a, a little sheet of paper that falls out. Those are the instructions. Uh, come on, man. Y'all know where I'm going with this. Uh, oftentimes, you, you will begin to put that, that, that desk together, uh, but you will leave the instructions where they fail. Oh, praise Jesus. You just look at the box. And you start putting that desk together based on what the picture looked like, and you forget all about the process. And then when you get to the final stages and have the desk all together, you look and realize you still got some pieces left. Okay, y'all actually follow instructions right here, praise God. You, you, got, you got some screws missing. Praise the body name of Jesus. In Matthew 26, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the New American Standard if, you, if you're following. Matthew chapter 26, around about verse 36, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over to pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And the Bible says, And he went a little further or a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not I, 
as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, mind you, every time he goes away and he comes back, he's talking to Peter. It's because he was entrusting Peter with the promise that he gave him back in Matthew chapter 16, that upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And whatsoever you, Peter, bind on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God, Jesus had already appointed Peter, but Peter didn't know what was really about to transpire. And so he came back and he talked to Peter again and he says, uh, so you could not, you men could not watch with me one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. My, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again a second time and prayed saying, my father, if, uh, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy, and he left them again and went away and prayed a third time. Somebody say a third time. Saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed to the hand of sinners. Get up and let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Now, if you go back to a little, a little further uh, in, uh, in this particular passage, when you get around about verse uh, number 20. See, we, we use this for the Lord's Supper, and we talk, when we often stop, where they, and when they sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. But if we keep reading in the text, and see, a lot of folk don't even know there's 70, uh, 75 verses in Matthew 26. Say so, amen. Did y'all know the 75 verses in Matthew 26? Amen. Sunday school. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Shots fired. Okay. <laughs> um, if you go back up to around about verse number 27, Jesus says, excuse me, not, not 27, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, you will, fall, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have raised after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, even though I all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Somebody say three times. Three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And the disciples said the same thing too. The first thing I want to uh, want you to write down on the tablets of your mind or in your iPad or your your, your, your phones or whatever you have that you're taking notes with is good intentions without a plan often end in failure. Good intentions without a plan often ends in failure. Jesus is saying here that, that in verse number 31 of uh, Ford, he's saying, listen, the time of my departure is almost here. I'm getting ready to go to the cross, uh, but you don't really understand what I'm, what I'm telling you right now, but in a few days you'll get it. But I need to tell you is that what's going to happen is when you see what's coming upon me, you're going to all flee and leave me. And Peter, being a thug, you know how you got your riders. You down like four flats on a cutlass. Hey, man. Hey. Okay, it's wrong church. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. Peter, see, 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 a lot of times, a lot of times folk think because you say 
you ain't got no hood in you. You know what I'm saying? I might be holy enough to pray for you, but I'm hood enough to swing on you. <laughs> Peter, Peter, Peter had a little had a little had a little street still in him. You know, while they were walking, while they were fishing out on, on, on the dock, on the, on the boat, they, you know, they used to do everything. Peter still had a little cussing in them. Peter still, okay, y'all know them. Y'all, see, some of y'all cussed on the way to worship this morning. <laughs> some, see, see, just because some, you might not be Matthew, but it's a lot of Peter still in the building. Amen. So, so don't, play, don't play with Peter. You might play with Matthew, or, or you might play with Luke, or you might be able to play a little bit with John. Don't play with Peter, because Peter still got some fight left in him. So Peter said, Jesus, I'm your rider. I'm, you my round. I'm, I, I, even if I got to die with you, I'm, 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 I'm here, Lord. They may leave, but I'm going to stay. It's, it's kind of like those best friends that, that, you, that you have, that you go out with. Amen? That you go out with. Let's see, y'all, y'all, don't, y'all don't go out. Okay. <laughs> that you take your halos off, amen. Take the halos off. Take take the halos. You, you listen. Put this is church. This is worship. We are the church, uh, and that means we are a melting pot of people from all different backgrounds, all different societies, all types of educational uh, backgrounds. We are the church. We are members in particular. So if you look like everybody else, you fake. You're still under construction. And so, and so, uh, uh, Peter, Peter's like those best friends you go out with. That if 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 you get arrested, what type of friend are they? See, somebody says if if we go out and and, and we get arrested and you sit and you not sit in the same cell next to me, you ain't a good friend. <laughs> See, Peter said, "I'm that type of friend." that I'm willing to die with you. That means whatever comes, will come what may, Jesus, I'm going to be there. Because he fell in love with the picture and the promise. But he didn't realize what, was gonna, what the cost of the process was going to be. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And so, and so the Bible says that Jesus goes now to the Garden of Gethsemane. We read that uh, a few minutes ago that he goes and he begins uh, to, 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 be, to be very, very grievous in his spirit. Uh, and the Bible says that he, he left the disciples there and he went a little further to pray. And when he came back, uh, that he found that his disciples were fast asleep and he said, could you not wait and watch with me one hour while I went over here to pray? The Bible says he went away again a second time and he came back in the same thing again. He found them sleeping. He goes away the third time and comes back and he finds them sleep again. Uh, And then he says, you are still resting. You're still sleeping. But check this out. The hour has come when the son of man is going to be betrayed. The Bible says now Judas has has come back with the soldiers and 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 uh, the Bible says that uh, he, he had already worked out a sign that whoever I kiss that's the one. Somebody say, that's the one. That's the one that you're going to take because that's the one that he, that, that's called Jesus. And so the Bible says that Judas went up and kissed Jesus and uh, the, the, the soldiers came and they took Jesus away. And, and as they took Jesus away, Peter, because he still had some hood in him, he drew his sword and he cut the man's ear off. It's in the text. Don't look at me like that. He drew his sword and he, okay, so let, me, let me do it like this because y'all are looking at me funny. 
Uh, some of y'all might not remember this because you, you, if, if, you, if you're under 30, you might not remember. Uh, there, was a, there was a boxer. <laughs> by the name of Mike Tyson. And, and there was a fight between him and Evander Holyfield where he was getting at work. Uh, amen. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, he was, he was getting beat. Uh, and so to, to kind of level the playing field, he decided that it would be a good idea <laughs> to bite the man's ear off. You, what did you say? That's crazy. I told you I'm not, I'm missing a few screws. And that's what I want to tell you is that, is that some of us are just like Peter. We're missing a few screws uh, because the picture looks all beautiful. Uh, the promise is eloquent and extravagant, but the process will require you to do some things that you never thought you would do because you had good intentions but not a plan. And it ends in failure. And so the Bible says that he drew the sword and he cut the man's ear off. And Jesus said, that's around about verse number 51, 52. Uh, second point is, I'm faithful, but I'm flawed. I'm faithful, but I'm flawed. Yeah. Peter was where he was supposed to be. Whew. Peter was where he was supposed to be. Let me come up here because they're looking at me funny. Peter was where he was supposed to be but wasn't necessarily doing what he was supposed to do where he was at. I need to tell some church folk in here on this morning that just because you're in the building is not enough. It's still some things that you must do when you come into the house of God because we are the church of God. We are the body of Christ. We are members in particular. Just being faithful in attendance doesn't mean I'm faithful to Jesus. But oftentimes we let our flaws get in the way of our faithfulness because we don't want to be honest with ourselves. And, and, and over the course of my, 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 my existence and my years of preaching, I, uh, I, I've, I've heard Christians make statements like, well, I've always been like this. Uh, <laughs> some of y'all in here, okay. Uh, you can't take, teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, I've been like this all this time. I might as well just stay like this. But then you come into the worship facility and you sing to the top of your ability. It won't always be like this. Because <laughs> I'm missing a few screws. It doesn't make sense that we don't want to change, but then we come and sing about change because we in a place that we're supposed to be where that's the expectation of what, uh, uh, what, what, what everybody else is doing. I told the church a few weeks ago, we're, we're doing a discipleship series right now, and, and, and it's, 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 it amazes me how we always talk about I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. When I fill out an application, what's your religious preference? I'm a Christian, and all we become is a preference on an application.
instead of practicing discipleship. And we ask the question all the time, why are our young people leaving the church when they go off to college and we never see them again? Is because they were baptized in the church as, as youth, but they were never discipled. It's getting a little warm. There's a difference in worshiping and following Jesus. The Bible says even the devil believed and trembled. If the devil no more word than you, I'm missing a few screws. Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's like putting that, that desk I talked about together and, and, and not following the instructions. And then you get mad when you finish and you realize you didn't put it together the right way. And you have to take all that apart and start over. Many times when we get frustrated and we leave the church or we just become a church goer, is because we have never identified with the fact that I'm not perfect. And then we, we try to do it on our own recognizance and realize that I don't have the intelligence to do this thing called life on my own. You see, your education will only help you in the secular world so you don't be broke the rest of your life. Say, maybe you can't. But when it comes to your spiritual walk, Jesus is teaching uh, Peter right now in, in verse 51 and, 50, 50, 51 and 52. He's saying, listen, put the sword up because if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. He, what he's saying is this fight is not a physical fight. You're trying to fight like you're still in the streets. But I need to tell one or two of you that you shouldn't be discouraged or dismayed when your brothers or sisters don't treat you like you think you ought to be treated or when folk turn their back on you or things don't go the way you think it should go. It's because it's not a physical fight. When my brothers and sisters do me wrong, I realize that's not them. That's the spirit. That is working within them. Okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on, come on. The Bible says then, furthermore, number one is good intentions without a plan will often lead in failure or end in failure. Number two is I'm flawed, but I'm faithful. Then when you looked down about verse number 56, once Jesus was taken, the Bible says that Peter followed him at a distance. Peter followed him at a distance. How many of us are following Jesus at a distance? See, we understand that we're under construction, but we, can't, we cannot let that be our excuse for our lack of fellowship. Number three. Don't allow your fear to determine your fellowship. Don't allow your fear to determine your fellowship because the lack of fellowship is a true testament of your fellowship. The way you follow is the way you fellowship. You, it, okay, let me let me let me let me let me let me say it this way. You you know those Christians, I'm not going to look at nobody. You know those Christians that come to worship and as soon as the amen, they gone. 
that over half the church didn't say nothing. <laughs> it's because our fellowship doesn't require us to fellowship. We're following, y'all come here. We're following at a, at, a, at a distance because we're curious, but not necessarily serious. Peter was curious at what they're going to do with Jesus because he remembered what Jesus said on Thursday night. So he said, he said listen, I, I, I'm not going to leave you, Jesus. And, and because I said I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to still follow you, but I'm not going to be with you. Sometimes you got to tear it up to rebuild it. <laughs> Under construction. <laughs> He was following at a distance, and the Bible says, and I'm not going to read all down through this because you, you got a Bible in your hand right now. But the Bible says that he, he was following at a distance, and, and, and he went into, he followed Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, where they was getting ready to, to, to put Jesus on trial. Y'all know the story. And, and, and as he began to sit there around, around the fire, uh, a, a girl uh, says, listen, he was with them. He was with Jesus. It, it was it's like some of us, uh, when we get around those friends that we probably shouldn't be still hanging around, it, it, it's, it's, oh, I don't, I don't know him. I don't, I don't, mm -mm. oh, I go to church, but nah, man, you can do that around me. It's cool. We're following at a distance. Because it, it, eventually, I tell people all the time, sin was going to take you further than you want to go. Amen. Keep you longer than you intended to stay and cost you more than you ever anticipated spending. And so the Bible says that, 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 that then a, a second time, uh, he was asked again about his, 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 his fellowship or his relationship with Jesus. And he says, I know not the man. And none of us, I don't believe, is, it will, is, is, bold, or is bold enough basically to say that I don't know Jesus. But through our actions and the way we live, sometimes we're saying the very thing. Your actions speak so loud that what you say don't even matter. And when we're following Jesus, I need to suggest to you that, that most of the time, people will know who you belong to by the way you live. Okay. If, 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 if Bay sisters don't ever tell you or ever, ever show you that he loves you by his actions, but he always says it, meaning he never takes you out, he doesn't spend time talking with you. He, 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 he never does anything for you or uh, buys anything for you. You will begin to question his loyalty to you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But if he is doing all those, all those things and sometimes he forgets to say, I love you. Most of the time you won't say nothing. Because you was understood ain't got to be said. Y'all follow what I'm saying? 
And so, so Peter's actions here, because he was missing a few screws, he done, he done already cut the man's ear off, and now the Bible says he's lying about his relationship. Some of us are violent. Some of us are hateful. Some of us are dishonest. But then not only that, when you go a little further in the text, the Bible says that the third time he began to, now I'm getting closer to the end of the text, round about verse number 75, excuse me, 73, 74, 75. The Bible says that after he began to deny him that third time, immediately the cock crew. And he remembered the words of Jesus. And the Bible says he immediately became sorrowful and he went out and grieved. Point number four, and this is the last thing I got for you, is that oftentimes Jesus will isolate you to elevate you. Peter had to go through a period of isolation because he was heartbroken at the thing that he thought he would never do. If some of you in here on this morning, you, 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 I, 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 see, I see your faces and, and some of you are battling some stuff. Some of you are wrestling with some things on this morning and you just made it here. Because people don't fool with you no more. You've lost money. You've lost a lot of time. You've been betrayed. People have turned their back on you time and time again. You've been lied on. You've been talked about for no reason. You've been passed over for promotions. You haven't gotten the thing that you thought was, was yours. Uh, am I talking to anybody on this morning? And because of that, you, your, your faith becomes weak and you don't realize that God has to isolate those that he loves so that when the time comes and your faith is tested, you won't leave. Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 6 and verse number 7 that when Solomon was building the temple is that the, 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 the stones in which was, was being constructed to, or being used to construct the temple, they were, they were, they were prepared uh, at, the, at the quarry. That means that, that, that they had to go down the, the process of quarrying means that it, they, they have to excavate them out of a hole or in a pit or in the mine. I need to tell you and suggest to you that when sometimes you feel like that you've, you've fallen into a trap, you've fallen into a hole, the reason is, is the temple of God is being built and the precious stone that God is using to build the church cannot be built at the place that it's going to work at. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 6 verse number 7 that, that, the, that they, they, they brought finished stones to construct the temple so that there was no hammering and no chiseling and, and all you couldn't hear work going on. Can I tell y'all come here. God is working on you in the silent parts of your life to where nobody else sees what's going on. Those sleepless nights, those tears that you cry, that heartburn that you have, the headaches that you, that you deal with, y'all ain't saying nothing. 
That's, that's, you, that's you in the process of being quarried so that, so that God can be presented you or Jesus can present you at the final day as a finished stone. We're going to be under construction until we leave this earth. But how close are you to being finished? Only God knows. I need to tell you that when, 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 when you're going through things, okay, let me, let me, let me ask this. Has anybody, anybody gone through something lately? Anybody gone through something lately that nobody else knew you were going through? It's like, it's like one of the biggest lies that we tell people every day when we see, uh, when we see people that we know along the way. We say, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm fine. But in essence, we're broken. If you spell out the word broken in the middle of it, it's an okay. In the middle of the word broken is okay. And oftentimes we disguise our brokenness with okay is because we have gotten used to not telling the whole story. We only use parts of the puzzle or parts of the picture, but if we really tell people what we're going through, like JK did this morning with the testimonies, if you know what you what somebody else is going through when you start going through it, it's gonna give you strength, encouragement, and you're gonna realize that God hasn't left me yet. See, your testimony is not about you. The test was about you. But the testimony is about God. It's so that God gets the glory for you passing your test. Okay, let me do it like this. You remember graduating high school? That wasn't really about you. That was, that was, that, that's why your mama screamed at the graduation after they told nobody to say, y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. They, they, she came with the bullhorn and the megaphone and the, and the fat head sign with, with your first grade picture on it and said, that's my baby. It's because it wasn't about you. It was about the job that she had done raising you. Your testimony is about the power of God. But the test that you go through is to exhibit your faithfulness to God. Even though I'm flawed, I'm still faithful. Even though I've gone through some things and I've turned my back on God, God has given me another chance. Even though I've, I've questioned God sometimes and I've spent night after night in tears and wondering, God, when is my turn going to come? When is my breakthrough going to get here. But you can't receive your breakthrough until you first break down. How can I help him, Holy Spirit? When Jesus, John 21, John 21, when Jesus now has been risen from the dead. He's appeared back to his disciples. Now, Peter had gone back to business as usual. He had begun fishing again. He was, listen, Jesus is gone. I've, I've done the very thing that I said I wouldn't do. I've betrayed the master. I wasn't, I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. And so, guess what? I might as well just stay out here and do what I know now. 
I shared some of this with J.K. on, on Wednesday, is that uh, I've been preaching since I was 12 years old. This is my 24th year preaching. At 26, I left the church after life hit me. I stayed out there in the world for about two years, and I got a seven-year-old to prove it. <laughs> and what I realized is that this is not my life. This is not what I'm accustomed to. I'm out here playing in uncharted waters. And so when I, when I, when I, when I found out I was having a son, I didn't want no more like that. So I got back. Amen. Amen. See, Amen. see, it's some of you that are single parents. I'm a single parent. It's hard. But every time we, 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 we reverse God's process or reverse God's plan, it makes it harder for us to get to where God intended for us to be. We're still going to get there, but it's going to cost you a few more tears. I need to tell you that we often go from Matthew 16 and understanding that I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then we jump over to Acts chapter 2 and we celebrate that Peter actually preached that first gospel sermon. But we don't realize what happened in between time. We look at how powerful he must have preached in order for 3,000 souls to be saved after one sermon. But we don't realize what he went through so that he would really preach with power. See, I, I, I can tell you that I had my first church at 24. And I was a book, chapter, and verse straight down the line. I shared this with, with you the other day. Is I, I remember having, having a brother that we had just baptized. We just baptized a man. He, he smoked cigarettes like a, like a train. And... I told this brother, I said, you know, you know, you got to put those down. You know, you're destroying the temple of God. Uh, God says this and the Bible says this. And, and, and you have to you have to make sure that you're doing everything to follow Jesus. Little did I know that about eight months later. I had been homeless. I had lost everything that I had. I was sleeping in my car behind the movie theater. I would drink to go to sleep, and I have been now smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And every time I tried to stop, I realized just how strong that nicotine really was. And the very thing that I judged somebody else on, Jesus, am I talking to anybody right now? Jesus allowed me to go through the same thing so that he could exhibit his grace. I need to tell you, child of God, that his grace is sufficient for you. I preach the way I preach now is because I am going through something. I got to a point I thought I'd never preach again, didn't want to preach again, let alone want a church. This month we celebrate five years at New Heights.
to a church where I told my story. I, be, I went there five years ago out of, out of New Orleans. I, I was assistant minister in New Orleans, and, and I found out this church was about to die. We closed the doors. It was only 15 people there. So I said, okay, I'll go over there help them out. They haven't had a preacher in two years. I'll go help them out, but I, I, I don't want a church. I'll just help them until they find a preacher. Well, after I preached, they said, well, you sure you don't need a church? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And they said, well, why don't you need a church? Why don't you want to preach? You, gotta, you, 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 you can bless some people. And I said, it's because I know how church folk are. And I'm a second generation preacher. My dad started his first congregation when I was two years old. So I was like, I saw what my dad went through. And then I saw now what you've put me through. I ain't doing that. I'm missing a few screws. You play with me, you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> Amen. I did eight years in the Marine Corps. I learned some stuff. Amen. But when I told them, I said, I said, in all seriousness, this is why I don't think I'll be your, your good fit for your minister. It's because I got, I, I've gone through some stuff. I got all this baggage. And, and you don't need somebody representing you with that type of baggage. And they said, well, Brother Page, that's why we want you. See, because we have graduated from, from just being churchgoers from just being Christians on an application, on our religious preference, than actually being disciples of Christ. And so what, ha was ha what has happened in, in these five years, the Lord blessed us. And my first Sunday there, uh, we had 17 in attendance. We've grown to 85 in five years. The Lord is blessing us. But I, I told you all to tell you this, is that I had to go through a period of isolation for God to elevate me. You're in your season right now of going through isolation. I can remember somebody else that went through isolation by the man by the name of Joseph. He, 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 he was a little arrogant. He had his, he had his moments. But he, his, brothers, his brothers put him in a pit uh, because, because, because of their own motives and agenda. But then after he got out of the pit, he, he, was, he was sold into slavery and he went uh, into, into Egypt. And now he began to, to work in, in Egypt. And then he was, he was lied on, like some of you have been lied on. And he was put in prison. And all this time, we, we, we look at the story. We looked at how his daddy loved him. And then we look at the end of the story and we see how, how God elevated him. But the process was difficult. He went from the, from the pit to the prison to the palace. Oftentimes we want to go straight to the palace, not wanting the pit, not wanting to go in prison. But it's some stuff in your life that need to be chained. Amen. In order for God to free some stuff, he first got to buy some stuff. I'm missing a few screws. Peter, the Bible says that when he was asked about his relationship with Jesus, he began to cuss. Now, I don't know him, but he used some expletives, amen. Some of those Old Testament words. <laughs> okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because he was missing a few screws. It's some of you in here this morning that have made mistakes. Don't allow your mistakes to hinder 
your next season. You had good intentions with you when you started out, but you didn't have a plan. So it is, it's, it's often related to failure. And because you've fallen time and time again, you say, well, I might as well not go up there and ask for prayer no more because I'm going to do it again. As many times as you fall, that's the number of times you got to get up. When you look at the end of the story, I'm done. When you look at the end of the story, John, John chapter 21, when Jesus appeared back to Peter, he asked Peter, do you love me? He says, he says, do you love me? He said, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. I'm paraphrasing. He says, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. He says, he says JK, go over there for me. Uh, John 21, verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast. When they finished breakfast, read. Jesus said to Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon Peter. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Now watch this. Hold on. I, got, I, can't, I can't miss this. I can't, I can't run over this. Listen, you know, you know Jesus renamed Peter. He gave him that name, Peter. His name was Simon. His name was Simon. Now, every time in the text when you see that, that Peter is being faithful and he's following Jesus, he's doing everything that he's supposed to do, he's in the right place doing the right thing at the right time, Jesus calls him Peter. But every time he has gotten outside of his connection with Christ, he calls him by his old name, Simon. <laughs> Stop, refer, stop reverting back to your old self. God gave you a new name for a reason. Live in your purpose. Read. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of Jonah. Read. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? He said to him. He said to him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. He said to him. He said to him. Tend my lambs. Tend my lambs. He said to him again a uh, second time. I read. He, Jesus asked him again the first time. You know how it is when your children ask you something you already told them. The answer and they ask you again. And, and say amen when you can. And, and they keep on, keep on asking you. The reason they keep on asking you is because they really want that. The reason you keep why is the reason you keep on asking your husband the same thing over and over again after he done told you? No. See, I ain't married, I can say this. <laughs> Cause he thought you would have understood the first time. Peter got upset when Jesus asked him again. The Bible says what? Read. He said to him, yes, Lord. He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Read. He said to him. He said to him. Shepherd my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Now, the first time I, I answered you and you told me, you gave me a, a, a charge. You told me to tend to your lambs. Now you're telling me to shepherd your sheep. Now read the, read the text. What does it say? He said to him the third time. Jesus said to him a third time. Read. Simon, son of John. Simon, son me? of John. Read. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time. Do you love me? Do you love me? You, I need to suggest to you, and, and, and I need you to understand that the reason Jesus asked him three times is because Peter denied him three times. Sometimes when we go through the process of denying Jesus, we got to go through the same process to get back to him and realize that it's a part of the construction. I'm missing a few screws. Jesus, you know I love you. Let me prove it once. Let me prove it twice. Let me prove it a third time. 
because I've turned my back on you that many times. I need to suggest to you we can't be saved by works. We're saved by grace. But repentance does come with fruit. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Don't stay down where you are. It's time to go higher. It's time to realize if you was building a house and it stayed as a foundation, you wouldn't want to live there. So why live at ground level now? Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Tell your neighbor I'm missing a few screws. Tell your neighbor I'm missing a a few screws. I'm missing a few screws. I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I don't know who's not a member of the body of Christ. But it's prayer time. It's time now to come to Jesus. The screws that you haven't used are still in the pack for a reason. Those screws represent chance and opportunity that Jesus is still giving you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. How you doing? What's up, man? Amen. 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 See you. Come on. Come on. We don't have to wait till we sing a song. The word is powerful, sharpening into two-edged sword. Come on, it's time now to give your life to Jesus. If you're going through something right now, if you felt like you've betrayed Jesus, you've denied him, no one in their right mind wants to deny Jesus. It's prayer time. You must hear the gospel, hear how Jesus was hung high, dropped low, and stretched wide over the earth. You must believe that he did that for your sins and mine. Repent of your sins. Confess the sweetest name to ever be uttered on mortal tongue that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, be buried with him in baptism for the remission of sins. Rise and walk in newness of life. Become a converted follower, a disciple, and then make new disciples. If you've fallen away because of mistake after mistake and you haven't experienced the grace of God yet, come home this morning. Come home this morning. Time has been far spent. Are you here this morning? Are you here? It's prayer time. Be coming to Jesus right now.